So if you're looking to get killer real estate deals, but you're not sure how to find these motivated sellers, well, this training is for you. We're going to break down the top 10 lists that you want to pull on how to find motivated sellers. I'm going to show you where to pull them, how to pull them, as well as how to combine them and make some niche list that's going to make you more strategic and more competitive in this market. So this is a time for you to lean in, shut off distractions and take some notes. We're going to take action. We're going to build those lists and target those motivated sellers. So with that being said, let's get into this episode. So the question is always the same. How do I get into real estate investing if I have no money? How do I find deals? How do I negotiate deals? How do I find contractors and manage rehabs? How do I get the money to even buy these houses, to hold these houses? How does a rental work? How do you manage a rental? How do you manage tenants? How do you borrow money? How do you borrow money with almost no interest? How are all these things done and how are they done the right way? Well, I am John Barbera, and this is an investor's journey where we share with you how to invest in real estate the right way and how to get into it with no money, how to do this with real tactics that are working today in the market that we're in right now with things that we are personally doing. So welcome to the show. This is John Barbera here with an investor's journey bringing you the best tips and strategies for you to grow your real estate business from nothing. We share real strategies that we implement on a daily basis. So if this is your first time joining us, make sure you subscribe and give us a thumbs up. Now, also, if you have any questions along the line, maybe on marketing, wholesaling, flipping houses, anything that you're just not sure about, text us. It's 100% free. Just text the word YouTube to 210794 9898 and you're going to get a hold of one of us and ask us your question. We're we're always here, we're always here to help you. Also, if you stick around to the end, I'm actually going to show you some actual filters that you can use that have generated us a ton of money on some really powerful lists. So, make sure you stick around to the end so you can implement the same exact filters that we use. So, there's three main keys before you start pulling lists that you got to make sure you have on lock. One of them is knowing your market. You got to know if it's a buyer's market, a seller's market. You got to know what type of market it is. Are they flipping houses? Are rentals a big deal? Are owner finance a big deal? What is the market doing right now where you are looking to do this marketing? Because it's going to depend greatly on the type of marketing and how you approach it. Number two is knowing your buyer's list. I mean, I beat on this so hard because it's the most crucial thing when it comes to starting in real estate. If you don't have a powerful buyer's list, if you don't know what your buyers are wanting, what type of buyers are out there, then how the hell do you know what's a deal? How do you, how do you even know what to go after if you don't have your buyers lined up? You know, you end up doing a bunch of marketing that's nonsense. You get a deal. You don't even know if it's a deal or not. You don't know if it's a deal at that price or you need to get it lower because you don't have buyers lined up. You need your buyers list. You need a strong, powerful buyers list. I did a whole training on how to build your buyers list, how to vet them, how to make sure you got real buyers, not wholesalers. That link is going to be in the description and up above. So make sure you check out that whole series on building a buyers list. And number three, you got to know yourself. Because when it comes time to marketing for real estate deals, you got to know what your strengths and weaknesses are. If you suck on the phone, then you need to work on that. You need to get better. You need to get more comfortable. You need to beat the phones more. You need to get on the phones more because 
You need to get comfortable. Every Whether it's now or later, every single deal, you're going to have to speak to them on the phone sooner rather than later. You need to get better at that. You need to get good and comfortable speaking to sellers. So get to know yourself. Figure out what your weaknesses are within this space and try to get better at those weaknesses. Or find yourself a partner that is better at those and partner with them. Maybe you do the back end, they do the front end. I, I did that myself when I got started in real estate. I'm good at acquisitions. My business partner, John, he's great at the back end, the title work, all the contracts, everything. I mean, I suck at contracts. So I would build a report. I would get the deals. I would do all that. He would take care of the back end. We formed a really good partnership. So there are different ways that you can go about it, but you got to know yourself. You got to know your strengths and your weaknesses. So list number one, and these are in no particular order. All right. So this is just kind of the top 10. They're good at any given time. So number one, I have pre-foreclosures. Now, what is the good thing about a pre-foreclosure? First of all, what is a pre-foreclosure, right? Pre-foreclosure is when a homeowner started missing their uh, mortgage payments. They haven't been making their mortgage payments. So now the bank has submitted a notice that that house is going to go up for auction. They're going to get foreclosed on. All right. So when that happens, when that notice gets filed, this is called the pre-foreclosure. When that notice gets filed, you can find that notice and you can try to help them out before it gets foreclosed on. So you've probably heard of a lot of people going to an auction to buy houses at the auction. Well, this is the way that you can get them before they hit the auction. So it's you, you're getting them way before that point. So that's what a pre-foreclosure is. The pros of a pre-foreclosure is that they typically close fast because they're getting foreclosed on. There's an auction date. So these are deals like if you're somebody that you need to close deals quickly, these are ones that are pretty much due. Like at the end of, if you're in Texas, foreclosures are the first Tuesday of every month, regardless if it's a holiday or not. It's the first Tuesday of every single month there's foreclosures. So if a house is up for foreclosure, it's going to need to be sold before that Tuesday. So as far as time goes, they're in much more of a rush. Now, the negative side is they're highly competitive. I mean, you have everybody going after pre-foreclosures. They're not that hard to find. This is not a very hard list to get access to. Where this matters is how you carry yourself and how you connect with the seller. That's where we found our niche, right? We find our niche in being trying to service the seller versus just being transactional. So we get a lot of deals this way because they like to work with us over another person that's just giving them a straight offer. Because we're there, we're taking notice in how hard the situation is. We're taking notice in that they need help moving. They might need a lease back and stay on the property. All these things. And it makes us more competitive than your average wholesaler that's out there just giving them a 70% minus repair, whatever the offer is, and just being transactional about it. So pre-foreclosure is uh the first one on the list next is a tax foreclosure so very similar to pre-foreclosure these are people that are behind on taxes and the now the county is foreclosing on them so it's all the same information right it's the same pros and the same cons they have a deadline they got to sell they're behind on taxes you know a lot of times these lists are very separate very different so some a lot of people pull the pre-foreclosures but not everybody pulls the tax foreclosures so try to figure out in your county which are which and try to target both of them because you might find a lot less competition on the tax one. Number three, absentee homeowners. 
Now, absentee homeowners are people that are pretty much absent from their home, right? They This could be landlords. This could be somebody that inherited a property. This could be somebody's second home, whatever it is. And you have in-state absentee and out-of-state absentee. Why do I mention that? It's because you can niche down. Maybe you are targeting absentee homeowners that are out of state because to you, you're thinking, you know, they don't even live in the state. So managing this property is a lot more of a headache, right? So here, what you're kind of targeting is distressed landlords, right? You want to target pretty much, you, you want to come across somebody that owns a rental and maybe it's sitting vacant. Maybe they've been having trouble tenants. So this is a good list to pull. But again, it's very competitive. It's a very easy list to pull. Absentee homeowners, it's a list that you can pull from the county. You can pull from almost anywhere. So a lot of people go after it. But what matters is how you go after it. Probates. Number four. This is a, a probate very simply is somebody passed away. Now they, they own the home and they're prorating the, that will, that ownership to whoever the heirs are. So this is something that when they're in probate process, they go on a list of a probate list and you can pull that list and find out who recently passed away and this house is going to the heirs. Why does this matter? Because a lot of times when it's going to the heirs, these are people that don't even live in the house. So this house is sitting vacant. They don't want it. They don't know what the hell to do with it. So you can approach these people and offer them a solution. Also, sometimes there is a living spouse that's, uh, that survived the, the person that passed away but the house is too big for them or they can't afford it on their own. So either way, there, there's always some form of motivation with a probate. Um, so you want to make sure that when you're targeting probate, be sensitive to the situation. But this is a really good list to go after. Number five, one of my favorite lists, driving for dollars. I did a whole series on driving for dollars. You can check it up above here or it's going to be in the description below. A whole series. I love driving for dollars because unless you... Other people drove the same neighborhood you drove and wrote down the same exact houses that you wrote down. You guys are not going to have all the same list. So your competition here can vary. You can have some properties where you have zero competition because nobody else wrote that down. Now you may be asking like, well, why did nobody else write it down? Because the way we teach it, there's very nuanced ways that you can actually look at properties that are still distressed, but they're not obviously distressed. Most people that drive for dollars, they're looking for houses that are pretty much teardowns. There's other types of homes that you can also write down that are distressed, but most people don't catch it. So make sure you check out that series. Number six, seniors. So what is seniors? People that are over 65. These are older people. Sometimes they're, they have these massive homes. They have homes that are really dated. They need to downsize. Maybe they're moving to a nursing home. So this is also another key list. Seniors, they're at that crucial spot where a lot of them, they're deciding maybe they're moving in with family. They need to ro relocate closer to family. They're having some health complications. And a lot of seniors, they just don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. They're not very computer savvy. So they're not on, you know, on Google trying to figure out solutions and stuff like that. So this is a great opportunity for you to reach out to them and let them know what your services are and how it is that you can help them in the case that they're interested in selling their home. Number seven, code violations. So this is something that you're going to pull from the county and you have a ton of different code violations that you can come, come across. And it's not just tall grass, but you have a lot of violations that you can see once you start pulling the list um, that will show you signs of distress. And when they're hitting, what we like to do is when they're hitting the code violation list multiple months in a row, 
this shows signs of distress, right? Because when they're hitting, when they're getting fined, they're getting fined by the city because of these violations and they're not taking care of them. There's something wrong with that property. There's some form of distress. So code violations is a really good list as well. Number eight, liens. So like code violation liens, you have liens. They could be tax liens. They could be, you know, uh, government liens. They could be so many different types of liens that get put on properties. So you can actually search these out, find properties that have too many liens and stuff like that, because it's going to be an issue when it comes time to sell for them, taking care of those liens. So maybe there's a way that you can assist and you can offer them a solution. Number nine, expired listings. This is another great list. This is why I did that whole video and you can see it up here on why you should be licensed as well as an investor. Expired listings is a powerful list to have because they listed the house they have intentions of selling, but something happened and they didn't sell. Now it could be that the agent was priced it way too high. It could be the house needed too much work and it wouldn't sell on the MLS. There's something, but what we like about it is that there was some interest in selling. So we are trying to figure out if there was some margin in there for an investment deal within that expired listing. And number 10 is high equity. So much like the foreclosures and absentees, High equity is a very competitive list to pull, but what it is, is very simply that it's a home that has high equity. So these are people that probably own the home for 15, 20, 30 plus years. And maybe these houses are free and clear, right? Or they have a massive amount of equity. Why are these good homes is because a lot of times they want to capture that equity, right? But the house needs work. It's dated. It needs updates, but they still have a good amount of equity. They want to capture it, but they just don't want to do the work. So high equity is a really good list to go after. But one of our favorite lists to actually target is pre-probate. So we talked about probates. These are pre-probate. So what is a pre-probate is somebody just passed away and they haven't even begun the probate process, right? So they haven't even hit the probate list. They are pre-probate. Now, this is a much harder list to find. So this is a list that I'll put in the descriptions. We go to foreclosuresdaily.com. We have an account with them. Uh, I'll put a promo code that you can use to give you a nice little discount, but you can pull by counties and they pull them weekly. So you get fresh lists every single week before anybody else does. So you can be ahead of the competition by being the only person talking to these people. So we love that list. We've had great, great success. The next list that we love to pull a lot is driving for dollars. Well, like I said before, we love this list because unless you're driving that neighborhood, you're writing down the same properties that we are, chances are you're not finding those deals that we're finding. And we love that list. So we're always driving our neighborhoods. We're always driving our cities and compiling that list over and over of driving for dollars. And the third list, now this is where it gets very powerful. You can take any one of these lists and niche it down, okay? And what do I mean by niche it down? Start adding years of ownership, right? So we don't want houses that were recently bought in the last two years. So if you are, depends when you're buying and how your market acted, but let's say in the major metro of San Antonio, we started buying, uh, we started targeting properties that were bought 2019 and older. Why 2019 and older? Because 2020, 2021, we saw a massive spike in real estate. So that's a lot of equity, a lot of appreciation, right? So there's a lot of houses that have that. Before, before 2020, we used to do 10 years or older because we wanted to target houses that had equity and, and houses that have been owned for a while. 
So we, we target 2019 and older. We target years, right? So we want houses built 1978 or newer. And well, actually 1978 to 2010, right? So we put all these filters where we start niching it down and getting very targeted and very narrow. Why do we do that? Because then we can hit that list from every way possible. When you get a nice tight, narrow list, now you can do cold calling, text messaging, direct mail, door knocking, door hangers. You can do so many different ways of hitting that one list instead of having a massive list, which makes your budget astronomical, right? So we have a much narrower, tighter list that we know if as soon as something pops up, it's an instant deal for us. So what are the list sources? List sources is pretty much where you are going to pull your list from. So the number one is your county clerk. So the county clerk office, you can pull a lot of data from. You can pull pre foreclosures. You can pull tax sales. You can pull probates. It's just where it matters is that you got to have the time and the patience to dig through all of the county websites and figure out exactly how you do it. Where the pro comes in on this is once you figured it out, when a property gets posted or whatever it is, either it's probate, foreclosure, whatever, it gets posted there first. So if you are targeting that and you figured out a system to do that, you're going to be one of the first to hit those properties. The next three are actually list providers. So you have PropStream, Deal Machine, and List Source. Our favorite right now is Deal Machine. We use Deal Machine a lot. That's where we're pulling the bulk of our data from. Uh, they have really good data, really good information. They're kind of pull it based off a, a title company. So it's more accurate data. Uh, but you have these three options that you can target from. And with those three companies, you can pull pretty much any list that you can think of. The downside to using these providers is that they're not always the fastest to get those lists up there, right? Remember the county is the fastest. So they are pulling from the county and they don't pull frequently. So if you want the freshest, fastest leads, you want to go to the county first. But if you are probably doing volume or you don't have the time or whatever, then this is your next best bet. It's still better than nothing. And the last source is your MLS, right? This is where we talked about the expired listings and stuff like that. The MLS is a great place. You got to have access to the MLS. Um, but that's another great source to pull these lists from. Now, the next video I'm going to make is going to be about how to take these lists how to clean them up and how to start doing some actual marketing. We're going to cover a couple different marketing channels. So again, if you're new to this, you haven't seen this stuff before, make sure you subscribe so you don't mix that next video, that next training. And if you want our actual niche list, I'm talking about all the data points, everything, then I want you to text YouTube to 210-794-9898 and ask me for that niche list and I will send it over to you. I will send you the exact parameters that we pull to get very niche down and target a specific type of property that's making us really good money. I hope you guys have enjoyed this training. The whole series on this training is going to be linked up here. And then you have more series and training videos down here. So again, thank you all for watching and I will catch you all in the next episode.